Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Love you all. You're a blessing. We love you, Andrew. Love you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. I want to tell you how much I appreciate Andrew and Jamie. They came to Lamar, Colorado 44 years ago, and the gospel transformed my life. Amen. And you know what? The same gospel. He's still preaching the same gospel. I'm still listening to him. And uh, 44 years later, it's still transforming my life. And it gets it works. better and better and better. Amen. Yeah, love you. Love you, brother. Man, that's awesome. You know, that little uh, DVD that he advertised, those programs we made, as long as I've been making television, I came here with no shirts to change into. I don't know what I was thinking. And so he had three extra shirts for those four programs, and so I was wearing his shirts, and we were switching. And I even, I even wore his blue shirt that he came in that had sweat under the armpits. And I wore it. We just share everything. Oh, man, I tell you, it's an honor to be associated with Lawson and Barbara. And I did go to Kit Carson when they were there and ministered. And um, they had a great work in Kit Carson. And then they came here. And I mean, he started with basically nothing. I mean, Lawson was out knocking on doors, telling people about a brand new church and to see what God has done. It's the Lord. It is God. And, you know, many times people don't realize the miracle of God when they're in it. They have to look back to see it. But I'm telling you that this is God, what God has done here. I don't know anybody else that has a facility like this that was paid for the day they moved in. That is just phenomenal. It's God. And to see him expanding and going on television and reaching people all around the world. And I tell you, it's just been an honor to be associated with Lawson and Barbara. And, uh, Bobby and Lynn Crow, man, he preached a great message this morning about the three cans. Get all you can, can all you get, and sit on your can. Was that it? <laughs> You'll have to get the CDs or something. Anyway, I've got, a, I've got a book table out there, and I would like to encourage you to check out these books. This Spirit, Soul, and Body is what I call my teaching on who you are in Christ, identity in Christ. And this is what changed my life. I was raised in the church and I got born again at a young age, but I didn't know who I was. And I was dealing with things in my flesh and I was an introvert and stuff. And when I found out what God had already done, this just revolutionized my life. And actually everything I teach comes out of that. And then how to find, follow, and fulfill God's will. This is actually three teachings combined into one. And I tell you, there is no way you are going to fulfill God's will for your life sovereignly. It doesn't happen without you choosing and pursuing it. It doesn't come to pass easily. In this fallen world, everything goes from order to disorder, from good to bad. It doesn't go the opposite direction. And for you to see God's will fulfilled in your life, you got to find what it is. That's only part of it. Then you got to learn how to follow God and then fulfill it. And so that's what these are about. I'll let somebody give these away to people that look like you really need help. <laughs> and we've got a table out there, and I encourage you to... Uh, get those materials. Again, in the first service, Bobby called um, La uh, Lawson and Barbara up here and uh, Aaron and Heather. And of course, Aaron was in the back um, eating or something. I don't know what it is, but, but 
anyway, we ministered over them, and the Lord spoke to me on the way here today as I was praying for this service, and the Lord just spoke to me and says, it's promotion time for uh, Lawson and Barbara. And this church, you are going to see things move to the next level. And the Lord spoke to me specifically that it's because he can trust Lawson and Barbara with it. You know, uh, the scripture says you don't put a novice in a position of authority lest he gets lifted up with pride and fall into the condemnation of the devil. And there's some things that you have to prove yourself in. Uh, you could have a good heart and start out, but, uh, you know, over a long period of time, if you stay in ministry 21 years or 35 years as they have been, and if you're still vertical and still married to the same woman and still happy, you've learned a thing or two. And um, so they've proven themselves, and I'm telling you, God is going to, there's going to be promotion coming for them and for this church. And so you need to be aware of that because I believe that was a word from the Lord in the first service. Today, I want you to turn over to Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm just going to take one little thought from here in Ephesians chapter 6. And in verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then after this, it gives all of this uh, armor that you put on a helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, have your feet shod with the gospel, your loins girt about with truth. And all of those things are important. Uh, I'm not going to teach on that this morning. But most Christians, all they got on is a helmet of salvation. They're streaking Christians. <laughs> They got a helmet on, but man, the rest of them's uncovered and you are vulnerable. But it says that you need to be able to put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Notice the terminology here that it's wiles of the devil. That means deceit, lies, deception of the devil. And in verse 12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And what I'm wanting to share, I'm, I want to talk about resisting the devil, fighting the devil. And I want to start by making this point that most people honestly don't realize that so much of what we're dealing with is demonic in origin, and they're trying to deal with it in just the natural realm. Did you know that 50% or at least, I've never sat down and just figured them all out, but at least 50% of the miracles that the Lord uh, performed were casting out demons. I was with Oral Roberts just a couple of months before he died, and I was in his home, and one of the questions was asked about what were the greatest miracles, and he started talking about some of the awesome things he said, and he made this statement. He said, the greatest miracles I ever saw is when demons were cast out of people. That's when you see instantaneous manifestation. Other times you lay hands on people and they just recover over a period of time. But there's a lot of sicknesses that are demonic, the Lord cast blindness out of people, curvature of the spine. You know, Bobby was preaching in the first service about the boy that was lunatic is what they called it. He had some type of seizures. Those were demonic. There's a lot of stuff going on that is demonic, and we're trying to fight it with physical things such as pills and surgery. Quiet in here. <laughs> 
I'm telling you, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's going on that's demonic, and not only in our physical body, but in our finances. Satan is coming against us. That's what Lawson is saying about man confessing the word and speaking the word. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and we need, we need to be using the spiritual weapons that God has given us. Did you know in this world today, this is going to sound so obvious to many of you who are in tune with the Lord, but there's a large number of Christians that honestly don't have a clue what's going on in our world today. We have the spirit of Antichrist operating at a level that he hadn't operated at in a long time. There's demonic stuff going on. People can't even figure out which restroom to go in. <laughs> People are thinking today I'm a man, tomorrow I'm a woman. I actually saw a survey that 22% of Democrats believe that a woman can get pregnant. Did you know you got to have demonic deception to believe that? There are people that believe that defunding the police is good and that this is the way to solve all of our problems. How dumb can you get and still breathe? That is dumb to the second power. Let me use this verse over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It talks about, uh, this is talking about the Antichrist, and it says in verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Let me just make a statement here. I'm not got time to explain this, but I don't believe that the devil has, you know, a date circled on the calendar or God has a date circled on the calendar that the Antichrist is going to come. I, the scripture says, I think it's four times in, in uh, John's epistles, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, that the spirit of Antichrist already is at work. There are many Antichrists, is what he said. There were Antichrists back in the first century when the Bible was written, and Antichrist has been trying to rule and to bring forth Satan's kingdom on this planet many times. And I believe that there's been lots of times that Satan is trying to bring the Antichrist up, and yet the body of Christ has stood and overcome it. I believe World War II, Hitler would have made a great Antichrist the way he persecuted the Jews. I believe Satan was trying to bring him forth as the Antichrist, but the body of Christ stood up. I believe that right now the Antichrist is trying to destroy this, not only this nation, but this world. The things that we're seeing happen, there is no precedent for the way that they are dictating vaccines. And I just read yesterday that there was a woman in Walmart trying to buy some gift cards to reward women. She was with a pregnancy center, and women who came through the pregnancy center and decided to keep their children, they were going to buy gift cards to give to them and bless them. And she was telling the lady at the counter what she was going to do with this, and the manager of Walmart overheard it and came and said, we will not sell anything to pro-life people, and kicked her out and wouldn't let her do it. We are having the spirit of Antichrist as it work, and some people don't realize this, and they think that this is just people that don't understand, and that if we just gave them enough money, and if we sat around a campfire singing kumbaya, that everything would be fine. I tell you, we're fighting a spiritual battle. Satan is trying to destroy us, trying to destroy our children, trying to destroy this nation, and did you know that the church... 
collectively and all of us as believers, you are God's answer to this. And you need to recognize that on a personal level, man, you need to start fighting demonic things. It's not just natural. The answer isn't just taking more medication. The answer isn't just being nicer to people or stuff. You need to stand up and, and use your weapons. We are not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting principalities and powers. And we are the answer to this. On an individual level, you need to start standing and rebuking the devil. And I mean getting angry. You know, over in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And traditionally, that has been taken, that this is saying, God, God's saying, well, he knows all of us are going to get mad, and so he understands that, and so he'll allow you to be angry during daylight. Just make sure you confess it before you go to bed every night. This isn't giving approval to anger as long as the sun is up. This is saying be angry and sin not. There is a godly anger. And then it says don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That's talking about that you need to keep yourself stirred up. Or as Bobby says, you will sink to the bottom. He says he got that from me. But I remember hearing you say that right on this platform. Maybe I said it and forgot it. But anyway, you have to stir yourself up. You have to get angry at the devil. It says in Matthew chapter 11, I believe it's verse 12, that since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven is preached and it suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. You got to get angry. You got to get mad at the devil. You got to resist the devil. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And the word resist means to actively fight against. Saying, dear devil, please leave me alone is not resisting the devil. I actually was praying with somebody once and they were demon possessed. And I said, before I cast those demons out, we're going to get around this table. We knelt around this coffee table and we prayed. And so I prayed first. And I said, now you rebuke the devil and take that position away. And they said, dear devil. <laughs> and I said, that's not resisting the devil. You can't be passive. You got to get angry. You got to stir yourself up. And Christians are passive. And not only on an individual, you're, you're letting Satan steal from you. You're just allowing him to do things. We're the ones with power. Satan does not have the power. I'm, gonna, if I'm trying to get past the introduction and get to the good part of it. But Satan doesn't have any power to make you do anything. You're standing against the wiles, the deception of the devil. But we've got to recognize we're in a spiritual battle and you've got to stir yourself in a, on an individual level. We've got to stand up. And brothers and sisters, we as the body of Christ need to stand up and take a stand against what's happening in this nation. You know, when you go to a wedding, they will say, does anybody have any objections to this? If you do, speak up or forever hold your peace. And if you don't say something at the wedding, then that means that you have consented 
to this and that you are agreeing with this and that your blessing is on that. That's the way it is in a wedding. Did you know that that's the way it is in the world? If you aren't standing up at the place that you work, if you aren't standing up with your family members, if you aren't standing up at PTA or school board meetings, if you aren't standing up and speaking the truth, you are giving consent. You are what stops the spirit of Antichrist. And if you aren't saying anything, then you are consenting to it. If you aren't voting, you are empowering the others who are voting. You are giving them the opportunity to do this. And if you're voting for ungodly people and ungodly things, I don't care how much money they're promising you. Did you know Polis just gave, what was it, 500 and something dollars to every taxpayer and he's got an ad running that he has come through and that he's given this money to every Colorado taxpayer. Did you know that that is the Tabor Amendment that was passed many years ago by uh, Douglas Bruce from Colorado Springs? And if Colorado has an excess above what their expenses are, it's dictated by law that you give it back. And so he's giving this money back and claiming that I'm giving you money and running Commercials showing what a wonderful guy he is. The guy's a crook. Was, was that too subtle? Did anybody miss my point? That's the spirit of Antichrist. The guy's a homosexual promoting homosexuality. It's the spirit of Antichrist. And there's some of you that are really offended right now. Even though you go to a good church, even though Lawson and Barber are standing and preaching the word, there are some people right here in this auditorium upset to Well, you, as a Christian, you shouldn't say that. That's the problem, is that you have been quiet and you have been giving your consent. And the spirit of Antichrist is now at pandemic proportions. Because people won't stand up and say that it's not love between two men or between two women. That's not love. I saw in Colorado Springs on the news a little kid standing there holding a sign that I'm sure the parents made that says love is love. That's not true. It's lust. It's demonic. It is a demonic deception. God created them male and female is what Jesus said. And anything other than that is a perversion. I love homosexuals. I witness to them. I've got some people on my staff that have struggled with homosexuality. And I told them, I said, look, I love you. And I'm not going to fire you. But I said, if you start soliciting people and start practicing it and promoting it, I said, I will fire you over that. But if you'll deal with it, I love you. They've been with me over 20 years. I'm not against homosexuals. But I guarantee you, I'm against homosexuality. It's demonic. And this is saying that that spirit of Antichrist is already working. And it says in verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, what cause is that? The cause of not loving the truth because they didn't love the truth, because they could tolerate lies. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. 
This is the only way I can understand how people are so crazy that they are actually... I saw a thing on the internet just last week where a transgender went into a, a kindergarten thing and was allowing four and five-year-olds to handle his genitals. And they were doing this in school. In Woodland Park, we have, I bought 52 homosexual books that are in the school library. I hated to do it, but that's the only way I can figure out how to do this. And I've got my staff reading through them and underlining. And man, we have to have multiple people go through one book because they're so ungodly, they can't stand it. And we're compiling it, and then we're going to have the superintendent get up at the, at the uh, school board meeting and start reading the filth that's in our school and tell people that we can't do that. Brothers and sisters, this is demonic. People say, well, we just need to be, you know, nice to these people. Man, Jesus wasn't nice. He says, you snakes, you vipers, you hypocrites. You're full of dead man's bones. Somehow or another, they want Christians to be more Christian than Christ. Jesus told them, he says, you're of your father, the devil. And the works of your father, you will do. There is a strong delusion and the church and you as a member of the church are the answer to the problems of this world. You're the answer to your problems, but it's not going to work as long as you're quiet and give consent. We got to stand up and recognize we are in a spiritual battle. Personally, I believe that the battle that America is in right now is every bit as bad as the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, or World War I or World War II because we're fighting things from within. We aren't fighting a foreign power. Abraham Lincoln said all the combined armies of the world could never take a sip from the Ohio River. He says if America ever dies, it'll have to die by suicide. And that's what Satan is trying to do today. And we're in a battle, not only for this nation, but you're in a battle for yourself. And we aren't fighting with spiritual weapons. We're using carnal weapons, looking to other things besides God to meet our needs. Man, we're going to have to get over that. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5 to be sober because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, goes about seeking whom he may devour. That right there implies that he can't devour everybody. If it was just up to the devil, John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus was speaking and he says, The thief, talking about the devil, cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Satan is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He is not giving slack to anybody. He would love to destroy everything. It says in John chapter 4, verse 44, Jesus was speaking and he said, He's a liar and the father of all lies. Satan is the father of every lie. Every lie that you tell, you've had intercourse with the devil. He's the one that put that lie in your heart. And the lies that are going forth saying that you can choose to be a boy or a girl, that's a lie. 
Science even goes against that. Did you know that every chromosome in your body, every cell in your body has either, if you're a woman, it has two X chromosomes, or if you're a man, you got an X and a Y chromosome. They could exhume your body 100 years after you're dead and look at those bones, and it'll tell you whether you were a man or a woman. I don't care what you've had cut off or put in or anything else. <laughs> You are what God made you to be, and it's an absolute lie. Satan is just, he's against anything that's truth. Everything that's happening today, it's all Satan that has inspired it. And unless we as Christians stand up and begin to take our authority and use it, Satan is taking our quietness, our lack of standing up as consent, and we're the ones who are allowing this to happen. Charles Finney said, if America ever fails, the responsibility has to lie at the feet of the clergy. That's a strong statement. And it's true. It's true that we got so many woke pastors today. Raphael Warnock is trying to use the Bible to say that Jesus would promote abortion, a woman's right to abortion. He quoted that. Gavin Newsom put... Love your neighbor as yourself on billboards to promote abortion, saying that that is a godly thing to do. Murder of children. They're lies. They're lies. And we've got to stand up against it. So anyway, that's my introduction to get you to a place that you recognize that, hey, we can't be passive. Somebody says, well, I just don't want to get involved like that. Did you know by you not fighting, it doesn't mean that the battle ceases. It just means you have just guaranteed to lose. If you don't resist the devil, he's not going to flee from you. It says he will flee from you. He's not fleeing from God. God and the devil have already meant, and Jesus conquered Satan 100%. Satan is a defeated foe. And so there is no direct conflict between God and the devil. Satan is fighting against you, and if you hold your peace, and if you don't take your authority and use it, he wins by default because you haven't used what you've got. But here's one of the points I was wanting to get across. I've spent so much time on the introduction. I'm just going to say some things quickly, and praise God, if you don't like it, come talk to Lawson. <laughs> Lawson will straighten all, this, straighten all of this out when I'm gone. <laughs> but when you start talking about that we're fighting Satan, there's some people that get weird and spooky and they see a devil on every doorknob and they go to rebuking everything. If you hit your finger, it's the devil that made me do it. And it may just be that you had bad aim. Amen. <laughs> So not everything is the devil. You have to have a little bit of spiritual discernment to understand things. You know, if you're speeding 20 miles over the speed limit and they stop and give you a ticket, that's not the devil. That's God. They're doing the right thing. They are ministers of God. They're trying to protect you and protect you and somebody else. So you have to have some discernment. But there are some people that get real spooky. I just had a woman in my office this week who's a friend of mine, but she's gone to the place that people are on her phone. They're doing things, and she's seeing all of this stuff, and she's just empowering the devil by being so demonic-focused. So there's a balance. There's a ditch on both sides of the road. But here's the point I'm wanting to get across. Satan cannot do anything to you without your consent and cooperation. 
Now that's a huge statement, and most people would disagree with that and say, well, I don't have anything to do, and Satan is just attacking me. I've got cancer. I've got sugar diabetes. I've got this or that, and I didn't ask for this. I didn't want it. I didn't cooperate. You may not realize it, but you really did because the Bible says that no plague will come nigh your dwelling. Only with your eyes will you see the reward of the wicked. And in that same chapter, Psalms chapter 91, it says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. If you really study Psalms 91 and all of those promises, their voice activated. Again, you, they don't just automatically come to pass. You have to pursue the things of God in order to get it. Man, I know Lawson and Barbara. I've known them a long time. And that's one thing we were talking back here. Lawson is a decision maker. Lawson makes decisions. This guy pursues stuff. He's dogmatic. He's fanatical about things. And you can see the results of it. There's other people that are passive. I had a woman in my office, and I was telling her basically these same things. She was fighting cancer. And I said, you got to get angry. You got to get mad at cancer. You got to get to where I am not going to have cancer one more moment. And this woman says, but I'm just, I'm not that way. I'm a nice person. I'm a passive person. And I said, you're going to die. And she did. <laughs> I had a guy one time after I preached, he got up and he says, we don't talk to anybody the way you're talking about, not even the devil. And I said, that's the reason you got the problems that you got. Did you know it's all right to kiss the devil out? Tell him where to go? You need to get mad at the devil. You need to get angry. And there are some of you that you, you have adjusted. Man, in our society today, we make it so that you can, you can live with sickness. You can take a pill. They can do surgery. And we've learned how to get along with things. And I have people come up all the time and say, well, it's bad, but you know, I, I can live with it. That's the reason you are living with it. When you get to a place where I've ha I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I've taken all of this I'm going to take, and I refuse to go another step, you'll see victory. Amen. I'm looking at Hannah right here. Man, Hannah, Satan nearly killed Hannah. And her parents got hold of the word. And I prayed a prayer, but it was Ashley and Carly that stood and refused to take that. And that's one of the things that made it happen. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we're so passive. We are allowing the devil to do things. You know, I was in Trinidad, Colorado. And I was holding a meeting there and I went over to a guy's house and I was staying in his house and uh, he had a pit bulldog and he was bragging about this pit bulldog had won all of these awards for being an attack dog. And I mean, he had trophy after trophy on this mantle and this dog was there. And so as long as the guys were there, as long as the family was there, I didn't have a problem with that. I'm not afraid of dogs or something. But at night, he, he says, you're going to stay in this room with the pit bulldog. <laughs> and I thought, what if I have to get up during the night and go to the restroom? What's going to happen with this pit bulldog? And so I finally said something to him. And I said, what, what if I have to get up? He says, the hey, dog won't bother you. And I looked at all these trophies for being an attack dog. And I said, this dog's not going to bother He says, he's an attack dog. He's a trained attack dog. He's not a mean dog. And I said, what's the difference? <laughs> and he explained to me that this dog was trained 
to do things. He said that there was a guy that broke into his house and nobody was home except this dog. And this dog took the guy to the ground, held him on the ground and kept his mouth around the guy's arm for three hours until somebody came home and he never broke the skin. He never hurt him. He says, that's a trained dog. He says, a dog that would just go bite somebody is a mean dog. He says, I'd kill a dog like that. And when he said that, it's just like all of a sudden the lights came on. And I realized that I had had dogs chase me. I was jogging back then. And I had dogs in Sylacauga, Alabama. I was out at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I was treed by about six or seven different dogs. And I stayed in this tree for two and a half hours until somebody got up. <laughs> And when he said that, I just realized that, you know, God gave me authority over animals. He said, every beast of the field, every beast of the field. And in the Hebrew, every means every beast of the field. <laughs> I've got authority over them. They're supposed to be afraid of me is what it said. And did you know after that? I had dogs come out against me. I had a dog that used to hide under a porch in Woodland Park, and every time I'd come by, this dog would come out. And after I saw that, I mean, I got an attitude. <laughs> and it was like, if you come out against me, you had best be able to defend yourself. And I mean, this dog came out on the street and got it. And I got down in that dog's face. I was swinging and kicking. And that dog put his tail between his legs and ran back under the porch. And every time I'd come by, that dog would see me and get under the porch and hide. <laughs> the devil's like that. He's nothing but a cur. And he's just all wiles of the devil. It's all blow and no go. But if you're afraid of him, you are the one that's empowering him. You got to understand that you're the one that has authority, not the devil, and you've got to get mad and come against that thing. I had a dog in uh, Colorado Springs when our office was there that came out against me, and so I got a pile of rocks and put on either side of the yard so that regardless of which direction I was coming, I'd have a rock in my hand. And this dog came out against me, and I got a rock nearly the size of my fist and hit that dog and knocked it up, and it rolled two or three times and yelped. And the owner came out, how dare you do that? And I said, I'm on a public street. I said, if your dog comes after me, that dog had best be able to defend itself. <laughs> and I guarantee you, since that time, that's been decades. That's been 20-something years, 30 years ago. I've never been backed down by a dog, but I've, I took Doberman pinchers. Those are the ones that bothered me the most. And I had two Dobermans come out against me. And man, I wound up chasing them down the street. They were yelping with the, with the jogger chasing the dogs. <laughs> There's some of you that just the devil's after me and stuff. You know, uh, R.W. Schambach, I held a meeting with him in California many years ago. And anyway, R.W. told this story about a woman who came to him and said, would you please pray with me that I could get a new place? And he says, why do you need a new place? And he says, because the person in the apartment next to me is demon possessed and they're a witch and they come out at night and sprinkle powder in front of my door and they do these chants and says, I've got to move. And he says, I know I won't pray with you. And she says, why not? And she says, if anybody moves, it ought to be the devil that moves. You don't run from the devil. There isn't any armor for the back. You got to face the devil. Woo! 
And so he prayed for her and then he whispered in her ear and he says, now here's what you do. And so that night this woman turned out the lights and when, uh, she, you know, the lights were out and this uh, witch thought that she could come out and do this stuff, she started sprinkling this powder and going through her chants. And that woman all of a sudden flung the door open and kicked her shoes off and started dancing and praising God right in the powder <laughs> and said that the witch left. <laughs> We used to have the witches of Manitou when we first moved there. They would send me cards every Halloween, and they would curse me. And we had a rumor that Anton LaVey was moving into the old governor's mansion in Manitou, and I don't think it was true. But anyway, people came, are you leaving? Are you going to move? And I said, why? Well, because Anton LaVey, the head of the Satanist church, is moving in next door. And I said, great, man, I need to witness to this guy. <laughs> Satan is a factor, but he is a loser. He has already been defeated, and he can't do anything to you without your consent and cooperation. And somebody thinks, well, how did I cooperate getting cancer? You didn't believe the truth that no plague will come nigh your dwelling. You sat there, and when Satan came and the doctor told you you had cancer and it's incurable, you said, I'm only human. That's a lie. You aren't only human. One-third of you is wall-to-wall -wall Holy Ghost. And if you understood the power that you have, if you understood the promises of God, you can resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But there are many of you that, man, when the devil says something, you just lay down. When there comes a COVID, man, people just automatically are afraid of something that wasn't as deadly as a flu. Thank you for those two or three yes, that's right. I know that Lawson, man, he stood up and they put him on the news, but man, Lawson stood. Praise God. You know, I got on the internet just yesterday and there has been zero cases of COVID in Teller County where I live uh, in the last 28 days. And it never was a real factor. Some of you are thinking, well, I know somebody who died from it. Well, yeah, if you are going to be afraid of it, fear releases Satan the same way that faith releases the power of God. And if you get fearful of it and if you start doing that, well, yeah, Satan exists. COVID exists. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but it's powerless. I've been telling people no germ can touch my body and live. I had a woman just this last week that came to me and she was diagnosed with COVID and she said, would you pray for me? And I said, just touch me because the moment you touch me, COVID has to die. If you have that attitude, COVID's no problem. If you're afraid of it, well then yeah, it's a problem. You could be afraid of things that aren't even problems. But if you're afraid of it, you empower it by doing that. You know, I hadn't got time to... I'm just going to say this. You can throw it away if you want to. But I personally don't believe that Satan got his power from God. And somebody... Well, that's where all power came from. Satan, Lucifer... Luke... Uh, where is that? 
Um, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, called him Lucifer. Lucifer was created by God, and he was an angel. But Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14 says, All angels are created to be ministers for those who shall be heirs of salvation. That's Hebrews 1.14. Angels are to serve us. Angels' power is only for us. Satan had no power to use against us. You know what happened? I believe Satan came against Adam and Eve in the garden. Not as a fallen being, but still as an angelic being. I believe that Satan would have been... God would have been unjust to put Adam and Eve in a situation and let Satan have access to them. That's like me putting my kids out in the backyard and say, there's a lion out there, be careful. <laughs> That's irresponsible. God didn't put Satan in the Garden of Eden. Lucifer was in the Garden of Eden as a created being to serve Adam and Eve, but he was jealous. Isaiah chapter 14 says that he wanted to be like the Most High God. He was jealous of God. He couldn't do a frontal attack. People will quote Revelation chapter 12 where it says that the dragon drew one-third of the angels and cast them to the earth. First of all, that's all symbolic. It does say that the dragon is Satan, but there's symbolism here. And for you to make a doctrine out of this that Satan took one-third of the angels and charged God, man, that's dumb. If he'd have had 100% of the angels, he couldn't have beaten God. He did not make a frontal assault on God with one-third of the angels. I personally believe he was still Lucifer, the created angel that was created to serve mankind, and he was there. Adam and Eve were the ones that were given authority over this earth, and it was an unconditional authority. He said, you rule and you reign. And when that happened, I believe that Lucifer saw an, an opportunity. If I could get these people to submit to me, Romans chapter 6, verse 16 says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves, servants ye obey, servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. If you yield to someone, you give them authority in your life. So Adam and Eve had this unconditional authority, no strings attached, and by Lucifer coming, and getting Adam and Eve to submit to him and yield to him and reject what God said, they empowered Lucifer. Again, I haven't got time to explain this, but I believe Adam and Eve made Satan. God made Lucifer. Mankind empowered the devil. And the reason this is so important is because Satan can't do anything without your cooperation. He doesn't have a physical body. He has to have somebody with a physical body. When Jesus cast the demons out of legion in the fifth chapter of Luke, the demons begged him, please let us enter into the pigs. A pig has more authority than the devil. The devil has to have some, a worm, slime, an amoeba. Fungus has more authority than the devil. It's got to have some physical being cooperate. So if Satan is destroying you, now he could come at you and attack you and you could resist the attack. But if he's, if he's winning, if he's dominating you, he's had your consent. You may not even know it. But you, you're giving consent like thinking, well, I'm only human. And, you know, we're in a recession. And so 
I, I guess I have to have problems. When God says, no, I'll supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Did you know when 2009 came in the quote-unquote great recession is when the Lord told me to start expanding up in Woodland Park, and we built $130 million worth of stuff in 10 years debt-free above my normal expenses during the great recession. And if you said, but you know, it's a recession, so now we've got to start cutting back. We've got to be afraid. Gas is... Five bucks a gallon. Man, Ashley and Carly came from England where it was, what, 10 bucks a gallon, 12 bucks a gallon. I'm not, I believe it's bad policy because the body of Christ isn't exerting our influence and stuff, and so I'm all for getting it back down. I bought gas for 19.9 cents per gallon when I was a kid. Fine with me. I'm all for it. But I'm telling you, I'm not going to sit here and panic and quit believing if gas gets to where it's $15 an hour. God will supply it for me. I got a friend of mine who's believing God to buy property so he can build a church. And he was saying, I'm going to get them down. And they've asked this much and I'm going to get this. And I said, you can either believe for a great deal and use your faith for that. Or I said, believe God for the money and pay it. But there's some people, Lawson, would that never pay retail <laughs> for anything. That's where his faith is. And so that's fine. But I tell you what, I, you can go either way. I don't care what things happen. I, God's my source. He's going to supply my need according to his riches and glory. And if you get fearful because, man, the gas prices has gone up and inflation has gone up and this is happening, if you get fearful and start speaking it, well, then, yeah, he's going to dominate you and hurt you. But you can sit there and say, my God is going to supply all of my need according to his riches and glory, and I'm going to prosper. I don't care what they do. If you don't have that attitude, you may not realize it, but you are empowering that fear. You're the one who's letting poverty take over because you don't have the correct attitude. So you may not realize it, but I can guarantee you, Satan can't do anything to you without your consent and cooperation. And if you'd quit cooperating and if you'd get hold of the truth, the truth would set you free and you could rebuke and you could see things happen. But it's not going to happen like that. Some of you have spent 30, 40, 50, 60 years giving place and building strongholds in your mind. And it takes the supernatural power of God to tear down these strongholds. And it may not happen overnight. But the things like what Lawson was saying about that confession card. Bobby has a confession card out here. You need to start saying these things. Faith is voice activated. Words are powerful. You've got, you can't just think against the devil. You've got to act and speak against the devil. But you're the one with authority. Satan trembles at you. And yet there's some people in here that you tremble at the devil and you're constantly giving the devil more credit than he's due. Satan hates us. Satan is fighting against us. But he can't do anything without your consent and cooperation. I've got so many people that hate me and that have done things against me. I've got thousands of blogs written about what a terrible person I am and people who think, well, man, that must be terrible. It's not going to have any effect on me unless I believe it. The curse causeless shall not come. I don't care what people say about me. It's only what God says about me that I care about. 
And you, I'm not afraid of the devil and I'm not shaking in my boots because, man, God's got big things and so I know Satan's going to come. Well, certainly he's going to come. If you never run into the devil, it's because you're both headed in the same direction. You turn around and start serving God and, yes, Satan will come immediately to steal the word, but that doesn't mean you got to be afraid because he can't do anything without your consent and your cooperation. So quit cooperating. Quit cooperating through ignorance. Quit cooperating through passiveness and being silent. Get angry. Stir yourself up. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen? So how many of you have been stirred up today and you recognize Satan has been stealing from me? If you've been stirred up and you're ready to take your authority, whether it's finances, physical problems, whatever it is, I want you to stand. And by standing, you're saying, man, I'm going to stir myself up. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And you start believing God. They've got prayer ministers here, and they're going to come down here at the front, and they will pray with you and help you. But I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to not just passively listen to me pray. But you pray and you get angry. It's okay to get angry at the devil. That's what anger is for, is to resist the devil. So, Father, we love you and we just thank you, Father, that you sent Jesus. We took communion and remembered the blood. We heard a prophecy about it. it's the blood of Jesus that set us free. We believe that Satan's dominion and power is broken that the authority that he's using is a stolen authority. It's human authority, not an angelic authority. And he's using our ignorance and our passiveness. And so we stir ourselves up today in the name of Jesus. And we speak against you, Satan. And we say that, man, you've been exposed. And we refuse to just lay down and take it. We refuse to be sick. We refuse to be poor. We refuse to be fearful. We refuse to be bitter. We resist you right now in the name of Jesus and command you to loose us. We command you to get off of our physical bodies right now. We rebuke sickness, cancer, disease, all kinds of things, any COVID stuff. We speak that you are powerless. You have no power. You have no authority. We rebuke ear problems, eye problems, heart problems, intestinal problems. We command you, body, to respond to the Lord right now and receive this healing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.